Today I want to talk about the power of the cross. I want to talk about this here. It's the most important thing ever. This. Sadly, many of us have no idea still of the power and the glory that was released 2,000 years ago. And the thing is, though, but God is training us, isn't he? Around the world right now, there's training going on. There's revelation going on. There's the leaning in into the secret places, leaning into worship. There's leaning into what the finished work of Christ has done to us. All the works. It's a finished work, but a lot of finished works. You know, healing, salvation, uh, authority, power, supply, provision, protection. All that stuff came through the cross. And so the more you acknowledge the cross, the more you look into Jesus' eyes, the more we see him, the more we get released into this area, the more we live in this kind of area, and we can then proceed from us, release this kind of stuff in the area of other people's lives. And that's, of course, what Christ wants to do. Jesus did not stay with the Father all the time, go up the hill and stay there. He came down the hill and went to the people, and he healed many Actually healed all that came to him. He's so wonderful, so powerful, so glorious, and we worship you, Jesus. So I want to talk about the cross. Actually, I want to talk about uh, one of my favorite subjects here this morning. Uh, it's about communion. I, uh, this, is, this is the power meal. I want to talk about God's power meal. God's power meal. Jesus' power meal. And I want, to, I want you to listen to this because it's, it's all done on the cross. God spoke to me a few uh, months ago in the beginning of this year that he wants to teach me and teach us about two things in particular. That is protection and provision. And how the principles of God in the Bible, throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, are principles, they're precepts, they're ordinances, they're laws of God. And how these laws, when we understand them, when we, when, we, when we by faith receive these things and live in those things, then we will see the manifestation of the intent of all of those laws and, and principles and ordinances and precepts and all these beautiful things. And he says, particularly in two areas, one is protection and one is provision. These two things are very important. Now today is one of them that I want to talk about because you'll see the release of this. It's going to be quite a teaching here. We started a little bit late in church, so just... Hang on, we'll be out of here. I'll be honest with you, maybe 12, 10 to 5 to 12. Where are you going to go anyway? I've got to go to a wedding. Anyway. Toby and Livia are getting married again, again. I already married them early this year. But today is a brief affirmation of their wedding vows for all the people. We were in the beginning of the year, the beginning of the year was only up the hill with six of us and some on the line. And now it's going to be with a hundred of us. So it's going to be amazing this afternoon to do this uh, with them and to celebrate this beautiful journey of their, their marriage in this way. Isn't it beautiful? I love, I love Easter. I love Easter so much because Easter is the centrality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We remember on Good Friday how Jesus Christ died. He took the sin of the world, the curse of the world upon himself. And he took it to the grave. Actually, he took it to hell itself. It is at the Good Friday celebration, the Good Friday commemoration, that we understand that we had a name change, an exchange happened. We talked about this, and if you were not here on Good Friday, many of you were not here because you were at Easter camp. Thanks, by the way, for all the people. Easter camp, of course, you got, you know, you got uh, Matthew, who was the director, our, our operations lead, is actually director of Easter camp. And you got Jonathan here, he leads the whole sound and the whole, all these thousands of people. And, and, and you got people, Joe, organizing, my, my daughter Saskia, uh, admin, and, and it's like, how many people? people from my church were involved like the leadership 
about 80% of people, anyway, a lot of people, 40, 50, 60 people were there involved. You were also, Jared and Jess, I mean, a whole bunch of you guys, sorry, I can't name you all. But the thing is, though, it's wonderful to see so many people. Anyway, on Friday, I diverse. Friday, so part, the name change happened, and Jesus puts his name over our name, and we go from a name declaration of a sinner to a saint. It's so beautiful, it's so powerful, so glorious. We are being declared righteous and holy and innocent forever. What a beautiful positional thing that God has done for us. I'm so grateful, I'm so thankful what we didn't talk about which i will talk about sometime not today but some other time is of course at the cross when he when he died of course the new covenant started and so the new covenant with the new promises of god all the promises of god are yes and and we say the amen there's all this stuff that was all released on good friday but then we have we haven't been to resurrection sunday yet right that's all good friday then resurrection sunday is even powerful because we could never change from the inside out good friday is only a positional thing he declares something over us positionally you're something but you're still something not on the inside because you have to be regenerated you got to have a new hard drive you got to have a new heart he made us alive with christ when he rose from the dead we <clears throat> and so there's a there's an impartation of a, not just a, a name Change, but now it's an impartation of a nature change. My nature on the inside has changed. It's changed. My spirit has been changed. Actually, he talks about it. He says he cuts away, Jesus cuts away like a circumcision, snip of the tip thing, but not a physical one, but a spiritual one. And he takes his old heart, old spirit out, and he puts a new spirit in. And so we are born again of a new nature, born again of God himself with his nature and all what he has and what he is. Isn't that just absolutely amazing? And I love this. One spirit with him. And it's then when Easter, it's that resurrection Sunday that we rise with him, we die with him, buried with him, ascended with him. And now we are seated, co-seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's where we live from. And there's a move around the world right now is trying to understand what that really means because a lot of us a lot of people in the church in the bigger church a lot of people are still oh, me I'm just a rotten sinner yes Jesus saved me thanks Jesus but that's about it and we have no idea how to be glorious we have no idea how to release the power of God and to walk like Jesus both in purity and in power and so God is training us in these days to release the Holy Spirit and to know how to walk in in, in faithfulness in obedience in power in glory in humility in vulnerability you name it it's all happening now I didn't know anything about this either five years ago or something I did but there is, actually, there's really a move. There's a page turning, like Catherine said prophetically. There's a page turning. There's a shift happening. And I, I think that's to do with the end time harvest. I think it has to do with what God is doing at the end time harvest, which is so powerful. So much power was released on that Easter Sunday, and we have no idea. And maybe today a little bit more idea, maybe a little bit more revelation can happen to us as I talk about the beautiful finished work on the cross. It was so powerful that the early church celebrated Easter every day. Every day. How? They took communion every day. Acts 2. They worshipped together at the temple every day. Well, we did for a while, didn't we? And actually, it was quite amazing what happened. The 21 days of prayer. And fire, they actually were amazing how we came into this house every day 
And I think only Donna made it every day. I think Nicole and Arnie, you got there almost every day. And also um, Queenie also. Uh, but it's amazing. And, and, and we sh something shifted inside of us. We came into the house, but then also, he says, and met in the homes for the Lord's Supper and shared the meals with great joy and generosity. It says in the, in the Passion Translation, daily they met together in the temple courts in one another's homes to celebrate communion together. See, what's happening is that the early church actually knew about the power of the Lord's Supper. They knew about the power of this beautiful communion. Every day they took this. And sadly, most churches and most Christians have forgotten or they don't even know the true meaning and the power of this power meal. Wake up. Of this power meal. <laughs> and it's actually very serious, which you'll see in a minute. And we don't access this power meal. And that's why we don't access the supernatural benefits that come through this power meal. I still haven't written the book about it. I'm, I'm still in my head writing about it, but I'm going to call it God's Power Meal. I call it Happy Meal, but I think that won't work very well. <laughs> I could put like a cross and a thing and then a smiley face and God's Happy Meal. I'm not sure if that would sell well. Um, so maybe that would be too hard for some. Okay, for us, but some people would be really offended. It's a Happy Meal. God's Happy Meal. Come on, it's so important. See, Jesus Meal, this wonderful Jesus Meal, which is basically partaking of his divine nature, partaking of what happened on the cross. That's what it is. It's very much related to, everything is related to this whole thing. It was so powerful in our lives as provision, as protection, as healing, and for wholeness, and for strength, and for breakthrough. And it's just become a ritual for many people to be observed once in a while. I know churches, including Pentecostal churches, who only celebrate this once per month. And when they celebrate it, it is not what I'm talking about. They are just commemorating. We have NZ weekend, NZ weekend next Tuesday, not this one, next, I think it is right, next Tuesday. And so at the Bridge of Remembrance, it's a remembrance thing. And so we go there and everybody's sober, everybody's sad because all these soldiers died. And so we should be. Somber? No, I like sober. No, no, I did it on purpose. It was not a mistake, this one. It's, it's a sober event. What's sober then? I'm still sober because no alcohol in this. Okay, I thought sober actually also means like So, okay, you're distracting me right now. It's not very nice. So, it's such a sober event in this way. And, and so, and so, I need to pre I need to read scripture, guys. One sec. I need to make this legal. Otherwise, some of you just walk out the door in a minute. One Corinthians eleven seventeen. Is, I'm going to read it uh, with some measurements because uh, it's a long scripture. Now, in giving these instructions, now what's happening here? Does it, you know? What's happening is here, in the Corinthian church, Paul is really angry, and he comes with correction because he sees what's happening to that meal, and they're not observing this meal, and this is what's happening. Look at them. Now, in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part, I believe it. May there be no divisions in this church. If you're a divisive person, repent or leave. I don't want any, I don't want any people in this church. It's, 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 it's overrated, and uh, I'm not going to have it. 
For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. I, I don't have time to teach on this, but basically what it means, if you look in the, in the, um, in the, in the thing, in the commentary, it talks about the certain people who have certain agendas and they will always be divisive because they just want to have their own agendas and they will not agree with anybody else. And so they are divisive people and they're very immature people. That's what he's talking about. He says some of you uh, are, are around this whole thing. So basically he's, he's nailing those guys and he says, I recognize these things and I'm going to come sometime to come and, and uh, correct all these issues. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. And one is hungry, and the other one is drunk. Verse <laughs> 22. What, he says? What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? No, I do not praise you, for I conceived from the Lord. Now listen. When he says, I received from the Lord, that means that he had a revelation, Paul, of what this whole thing is all about. It's a teaching moment now. The Rev all the Bible was a revelation of the Lord, right? Inspiration by the people who wrote it, the 66 people who wrote um, this Bible. So, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in, what, in, in which he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. So after giving thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper and says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Now only four, sorry, only one of the four gospels says uh, our forgiveness in his blood. The other three don't even mention forgiveness. Now we know forgiveness is in there. But the thing is though, you have to know, again, I can't talk about today, sadly, but I will talk about sometimes. It's so important. This cup is the new covenant. This cup is not a forgiveness session. It's not all forgiveness anyway, but the thing is though, it is remembering of what he has done, yes. But the thing is that the activation of this thing is not that. The activation is the new covenant. That's what's activated, right? Anyway, maybe too much for now. This do, do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Why his death? Because when he died, the new covenant started, not at the resurrection. Everything is blood covenants. Again, I've got no time to talk about it, but sometimes I'll talk about everything in the Bible is the covenants are all cut in blood. And so this is the final one cut in the blood of Christ himself. The new covenant started when he says it is finished, done. And the new covenant came into being, right? Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. We ought to examine ourselves before we eat the bread and drink the cup. For those who eat and drink in an unworthy manner, eat and drink judgment on themselves, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep, many are dead. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Very key thing, not condemned with the world. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let them eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. Paul is peeved off. He's not very happy in the scripture. He came for discipline. He comes to bring order in this place. Now I want to ask you a question. Question, not a Christian. I want to ask you a question. What do you think the true meaning and even power of Holy Communion is? Is it a ritual to be observed or is it some powerful blessing 
to be received. Is it a blessing of God for provision of wholeness, protection, and the whole list goes on and on and all the stuff that Jesus did for you and for me and the inheritance that we walk into? I hope you don't say, was it a question? No, no, but say yes, yes, that's yes. Then the following question I have to ask myself, and you have to ask the same question is, is it possible for Christians to walk in divine health? Well, at least five of you do. That's really good. We're already in this. Is it possible that Jesus gave us a provision for divine health? health? And we all said? Yes. I heard no, no. That's really good to help. See, Jesus paid both for our salvation, but also he paid for our healing. Now, salvation is very important, but healing is important too. Because if you don't have any healing, if you're sick, you haven't got a great life. And we know many people around us who are sick and they do not have a great life. Even on the deathbed of people, what do they wish for? They don't wish for more money or more, more whatever. They wish that they could live another day. They want to love some more people and live some more life. See, this is the desire of God himself. Jesus came in John 10.10 10 to give life and life more abundantly. It's the other guy. He is the one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy your life. Sickness is from hell itself. It's not from heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no death in heaven. Sickness is part of this broken world. But Jesus <clears throat> wants to heal us. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> the greatest miracles Jesus did was healing. By the way, I'm also talking about healing. It's one of the... Uh, um, not the fruit, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've already had tongues, haven't we? We've talked about tongues. We've talked about prophecy. Thank you very much for those of you who are alert. And the third one was, is now also we talk about healing uh, in this way powerful. See, Jesus healed people all the time. Now, he didn't walk on water all the time. or not, It's been not recorded anyway. He probably did. Just walk around, cut off here and just go walk. Or go, go in the sky, nobody's watching him. Anyway, that's not talking And so, so on water, on water, or he did not um, uh, 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 provide like the five fish and a loaf, you know, kind of multiplication. He didn't turn water into wine all the time. He didn't raise the dead all the time. Or again, we don't know. I mean, he did about three. But the thing is, though, maybe a lot more that we don't know. It's not in the Bible. But what he did do is he did heal people all the time because it's in his nature to heal. Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Everybody say power. 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 Who went about doing good, healing those who were oppressed by the devil, for God himself was with him. Now, it's very interesting that when the, when the Israelites came out of Egypt, they came out of Egypt into the promised land. Remember that, that story? Into the promised land. That God made sure that nobody was sick. It says none was feeble. Psalm 105, he also brought them out with silver and gold. And there was none feeble among the tribes. Feeble means sick or means like weak or frail. Scholars say about two and a half million people, most likely the Israelites at that time, two and a half million people walked out of Egypt completely whole, completely healed, and walking actually also in, in complete wholeness. And very wealthy. 
And this is still God's will for his people. There's no sickness, no death in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is what Jesus uh, exemplified in his life and also what we do. So what was the secret here of the Israelites? Well, the secret was the Passover. When the Israelites celebrated their first Passover, I don't know if you know the story. I'm not going to explain it. I've got no time. But the thing is that you can read your own Bible in this whole area. When they had the first Passover, they, they, they killed a lamb. Every family would kill a lamb, right? A fatted lamb. And then the blood was going to put over the doorpost because there were the plagues, you know? And particularly the last one when he would kill all the kids, you know, all the sons. And so what happens was they put the blood over the doorpost and the angel of death would see the blood and he would pass over. That's why it's called Passover. I tell you, the Passover anointing is still in the powerful blood of Jesus right now. It's even more glorious than the little lamb that was slaughtered in the old covenant in this way. But man, that's what happened right there. And then the family would eat the beast. They would eat lamb. Lamb is nice. We had lamb chops last night. Nice lamb chops. And so, but the thing is, though, it was it was a position. It was it was a it was a picture of Jesus as the Lamb of God. It's a picture of the bread of Christ, His body that was broken for us. It's so powerful in this way. And so we see the twofold manifestation of the cross in this way. We see the twofold manifestation of the, of the blood as provision, protection, salvation, and the Lamb. Not the cross yet, but there was Old Testament pointing towards the cross, and the lamb, the body, for strength, well-being, etc., etc. So it says here, two and a half million Israelites came out laden with silver and gold. So, so God provided for them everything that they needed. Provision, God was their provider, and nobody was feeble. They were all strong. Nobody was sick in this way. And we see this in the New Testament all the time. Jesus always provides, turns water into wine, does the five, five loaves and two fishes. I mean, on and on it goes. He always provides for his people. And of course, also, he always heals everybody around the place. God is our God, Jehovah Jireh. Jireh, he is our provider. But it's also, he's also our Jehovah Rophe. R-O-P-H-E, Rafe, which is the God who heals. Now, I used to freak out with uh, communion because I read the scripture a certain way and I thought we had to confess all our sins, the sins that we knew and the things that we did not know. And, and it said about judgment, it said about all this kind of, if you don't, if you don't take it in the right way, you're going to get sick and all this kind of stuff. And so I freaked out. I would never do communion. It was a very, very interesting thing. Anyway, every time it was communion, what I did in the Dutch Reformed Church, it was like a funeral procession. Again, it was like a funeral thing. This is scary. And if I don't do it right, if I don't say all the right words, if I don't confess all my sins, then I will get sick and die before my time. So I stayed away from communion generally. Sometimes you just had to do it. So okay. Fear and trembling, you know. And so completely the wrong understanding of what communion is. But that was my thing in this way. It's like the remembrance service, like this whole thing with bridge of remembrance. We remember the soldiers. It's a remembering service. And for many people, it's still a memorial service. We've got to do it because we've got to thank Jesus. But that's all about it. And we never, never go into actually receiving what the cross has all paid for us to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. So it was just a misinterpretation of this whole thing. If God desires our health 
and his nature is to heal, then my question is, why are so many Christians sick? I'll also say something else. I'll say something. Why is there no difference generally between Christians and non-Christians? Now, it's a good question. Now, I don't have the fullness of the answer, but there is an answer here. I know we live in this world, broken world. I get this. And the way we eat, you can eat yourself death. You, know, you can eat so bad today and tomorrow that you can be you know, dead in like half a year because it's just bad stuff. So all that stuff is there, all the old stuff in the air. I get all that stuff. But the thing is, though, is there something? Is there a divine walking in the Holy Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit that is, was released 2,000 years ago that we can still receive today, even in this world? Is there something that we can have in our lives? And I say yes. I believe so, and many of you do too. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine says the reason why so many here were sick and they were feeble and they died before their time. It says many died before their times. Well, that's not good. So what's the reason? It says here, for those who eat and drink in an unworthy manner and eat, drink judgment on themselves, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak, sick, and die before their time. Many sleep or die. This was written to Christians. Hey, but God doesn't want us to be weak and die before that time, right? He wants to be healthy, right? Surely that's part of our inheritance, part of who he is. And so that's why Paul is, 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 is basically correcting this theology in the Corinthian church and bring revelation and correction so that healing can flow into their lives. The reason why they were sick is because they had taken this celebration in an unworthy manner. Now, it had nothing to do with them being unworthy or being sinful or anything like that. He says, it's the way you take it. It's the way you take it. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. There's nothing to do with you anyway. It's for you, but not with you. Never was. Same as the covenants. The covenants are for you, not with you. The old one is with you. Disaster. But the new one is not between the Father and the Son. And so that's why it's for us, but not with us. And they were not discerning the body, it says here. They were not watching. They were not recognizing the body. They were drunk. Because they were having this feast Every, they would, every night, they had this love feast, and they would drink, and they would go drunk, because they wine, real wine, you know, and wine and drunk, and all this kind of stuff. And then they had communion, but they were just drunk. They couldn't even recognize there's no faith in this whole thing. It's just like whatever. And he says, that's why. Many of you are sick and even die before your time. So dumb. Don't do this. It's an unworthy way. The problem is the not discerning of it, not honoring the faith, the finished work of Jesus Christ, what he provided, the manifestation, what belongs to us, his provision, his protection, and his health. And so it was not benefiting them at all. And so the opposite happens. These guys were getting sick. No protection, no healing. It has to be received by faith. Now I want to say one more thing. Not a few more things, but one more thing in this whole area. See, because of the divine sentence in the world today, after the fall of Adam, there was this judgment into the earth. God came into the earth. Curse into the earth, right? And one of these sentences is sickness. We were never meant to be sick, right? It came after the fall, we get sick. Now, our born-again spirit is completely saved, it's completely whole, it's holy, it's beautiful. But of course, we still live in this body right now. We are still, we are still, um, we are still, um, I was in some ways, we are still um, something. We are still, 
<laughs> See, that was a nice word I want to say. We're still subject. I lost subject. We're still subject to the judgment. We saw this. The judgment of God, the whole thing in the world that we are saved and Christians are saved, you know. But the thing is, the body is not saved yet. It will be saved when we get our resurrection body like Jesus did when he went to heaven. We're going to have this one day, incorruptible. We don't, but in this world, we still have corruption all around us. All around us. And we all suffer from the aging process. Some more gracious than others. My wife is amazing, has aging process. She's older than me, but she looks like 10 years younger than me. She looks beautiful. It's just because of the shirt. She's beautiful in this way. So maybe God gave communion as a communion, as an offsetting against aging, against this getting old, against the sickness. Now, we're not going to die. Of course you're going to die. We have this, God only gave us 80. It used to be 120. Now 80 years. It used to be eternal, by the way. We're never going to die. But after the fall, and now we have about 80 years. Now some are doing very well, obviously, and others uh, die before their time. But the thing is, though, is this. So, so the question that I have, without the Lord's Supper, Paul is talking about here, these guys were getting sick, die before their time, and weak. The question then is, but with the Lord's Supper... We can expect when we take it by faith and there's a divine exchange happening that we can have wholeness and healing and no not die before our time. Because this gives us well-being and provision and protection. Maybe communion is an antidote to aging. Well, tell that to the uh, powers that be. There's a story about, I heard the other day, a story about this ex-witch witch and she was into the occult and she got young children boys and females to go boys and girls into those things and they were quite gullible and they were occult practices so you don't want to know what they do with those guys it's terrible but what happened she became a christian and she shared about the whole thing she says we could never we could never touch the kids of christians christian parents we can't there was the blood of jesus over them because we declare that over them every day i take communion i know it's for protection every day i take communion for my kids every morning without fail Done it for five years now. Now some things will still go under the radar. We still have some issues that sometimes happen to us. But I believe that my kids are still safe right now because of my prayers. And Catherine's prayers of the blood of Jesus over their lives. There's so much power in this blood. They cannot touch your kids in Jesus' name. It is so incredibly powerful. There's so much in society. We're getting sicker and sicker. There's more and more hospitals being built. There's more and more people in the hospitals, people. The budget of the, the country is getting worse and worse every, every year. More and more people are getting sick. <clears throat> but let's believe for us as Christians, as followers of Christ, as sons and daughters of God, that we can live with a supernatural health in our lives. doesn't mean we never get a cold or never get COVID. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about there is a general power of health in your life divine health we live in a superior if in the old testament the, the israelites could come out two and a half million come out and there was no one sick no one feeble what about the new covenant of greater promises greater power greater superior covenant come on let's believe for better health Isaiah says, and um, thank you so much for the enthusiasm. Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah says here, you know, by his stripes we are healed. We were healed. And so that release was released. You've got to understand, people, that one that was released 2,000 years ago is available right now through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
See what the Protestant church has done. They made it into a commemoration service. No power at all. So just thank you, Jesus, which is lovely, but it has no power in your life. Now, the Catholics have gone the other way. They, they believe in transubstantiation. So they believe this thing becomes the actual blood of Christ. And this becomes the actual body of Christ. That's why when you go to an Anglican church or Catholic church, you can't even throw away the wine. I had it one time when I was doing a wedding, and I don't drink any wine anyway. So I had this wedding, and the thing is, though, they want to have real wine in communion. So I said, okay, you can have wine, but I don't drink. So at the end of it, what I'll do with the wine? So I said to the vicar, I said, where can I throw this away, please? I don't know where to put it. I said, no, don't throw it away. <laughs> okay, you drink it. And he drink it, you know. And it's fine. They all drink this stuff all the time. But the thing is that we go all over. But in the middle is the truth. It's not a commemoration. It's not a transubstantiation. But it's an actualization which is implemented and manifested by... Thank you, everybody. Faith. Everything in the New Covenant is faith. And even the Old Covenant. It's faith. It manifests by receiving, by leaning in, by surrendering. And faith in your life. And sometimes I wonder, and I don't sometimes wonder, I say it for your sake, I don't wonder at all. But sometimes I wonder that not partaking of communion on a regular basis have robbed us from divine provision and divine health in our lives, in our families. Smith Wigglesworth, the famous uh, healing evangelist, you know him, Danny said he, um, he was a plumber, you know, a simple plumber. And then he got the anointing of the Holy Spirit of healing. He healed so many people. So many people raised from the dead and just amazing miracles. And then he drops dead in his 80s. He just drops dead at a friend's funeral. So at a funeral of the friend of his, he just drops dead. And the doctor examines him and does an autopsy. He says, I have not found a more perfect specimen of human body. There's no sickness in him. The famous Smith Wigglesworth. He took communion every day without fail. And so does Bill Johnson, Joseph Prince, Derek Prince, Catherine Runala, Gideon Hukunai. And I'm, I, and I'm more, I mean, there's a whole revival of communion. If you look at the stuff in America right now, what's his name, again, this name? With Lou Engel, the big, the big revival of communion power. It's, it's, it's a revival because God wants us to know the power that is in this meal. In the elements, do you, mean, do you mean that without the meal it doesn't happen? Of course, it's by faith, of course. But somehow God has related this stuff to these elements. There's something about this which is so powerful and can be powerful in our lives. That's why the early church took it every day. The Bible says here, when you take it often, he says. Well, I don't know how much often is, but often is often. More than once a blue moon anyway. I advise anybody who's sick. Physically sick, I, I, take, I would take it five times a day or more. Just keep on doing it. So thank you, Jesus. I take these elements. I know this power. Thank you for the exchange right now. Thank you. Nom, nom, nom. Take from Jesus. Jesus said, eat my body. Eat my body. Eat my flesh. Eat my flesh. And so I would take a big chunk. Of, Whoa. But when you're not sick, like I'm not sick as far as I know. I'm not sick. I'm not sick anyway. But I'm not sick. And so in the morning, I take it every day. But I, I, I take it more as protection. Great insurance. Protection over my life, protection over the kids. I'm almost done. Thank you for playing. No, I really appreciate it. I know you're trying to tell me to stop, but I'm almost done. <laughs> we started seven minutes late, so that's why I got some more time here. The point is what I'm trying to say is this. That communion is a power meal. It's God's power meal. It's God's happy meal. 
It's got power in it for protection, for provision in your life. can make you healthy when you are sick. But it's all about Jesus. It always has been all about Jesus. It's all about his sacrifice. It's all about his finished work. Amen. Jesus says, remember, do this in remembrance of Catherine. Do this in remembrance of Jonathan. No, he says, do this in remembrance of me. And then we go, oh, you got me. I got to do this thing. I got to confess my sin. Well, what do you mean sin? We just celebrated that he took the sin of the world away from us. What are you talking about sin? Hello? He gave his life once and for all for the sin of the world. He paid everything. That was 2,000 years ago. He's paid everything in advance for the whole world until he comes. It's paid for. Can you confess and do some stuff and say sorry? Of course you can do that if you want to. It's fine. But don't think that you're not forgiven. Because you're a forgiven person. But I already talked about this last week. It's all about Jesus. So Father, we thank you so much for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to go. I know you struggled in Gethsemane. Do I have to drink this cup? But Lord, this cup has become the amazing cup for the whole world. This cup has become the redemption for the whole world. This is such a power cup. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we will see a revelation of what you have done at the cross in Jesus' name. And the provision, what you've done for us. Lord, show us, show us the finished works of Jesus Christ. Lord, we're so grateful for you. And help us to walk in it in our personal life, but also through our lives in the people that we meet. Now, before we take communion now, in a moment, I want to ask you, maybe there's someone here and you've never received Jesus Christ. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, his only son, to go to a cross and to take your sin and my sin into the grave. And then he rose victoriously. The Bible also says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God the Father raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Is anybody in this room and you've never been saved before, God wants to save you. He wants to come into your life. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He's been waiting for a long time to get, to get into you and to bless you. He wants to come with his love and his power and his fun and joy and peace and not only this life, but also the life to come forever, eternity. Can you imagine eternity, guys? All of us. Isn't it amazing? I mean, life is so short. I know we have problems in this life. I know. We're pastors, man. we got stuff all the time happening. And we don't understand certain things. But everything is so small when you look at eternity. We'll look back and say, oh, it was not that bad, was it really? Look at this. Is there anybody here today? I want you to lift up your hand right now because I want to pray with you. There'll be a public confession for you. Say, yes, Jesus, I need you. Is anybody in this room, put your hand high because I can see it. Anybody in this room, you've never become a Christian, but you want to be one. Become a follower of Jesus Christ. Anybody in this room? Anybody in line? Jesus, worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Lord. Give you praise. You know, we're going to now consume this power meal. And I, I really would love you to come to this thing with holy fear. With holy reference, say, Lord, this is so beautiful. It is so glorious and so powerful. And if you need healing, just receive your healing through the elements. But can we just thank him for this? Can we just thank him? Now, if you want to, when Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the, the bread and he broke it. 
and says, this is my body that is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of what I've done, what I'm going to do, but what I've done in Jesus' name. By the way, I'm very happy for you to come to the front. If you don't want a little cracker, I think it's still very embarrassing, but we have to do it kind of for this thing. It's hard to get all these big breads, and you'll be chewing for 10 minutes. But if you want a big, I always have a big piece of bread, never a cracker. It's too embarrassing. I want everything of Jesus. I, I got like this, Jesus, I want everything. I want your life. I eat your, I eat your body. I want healing. I want everything that I need from you. And I take this big, this mine. Or maybe this one. No. You can take this from here and uh, you can have your own drink over there. Don't drink with me. Safety. Osh, you know, like this. So, Father, thank you so much for the elements, Lord. We pray even right now, Lord, that you receive healing through the elements, healing through the body broken, and also beautiful new covenant of promises. We receive the promises. They're all yes and amen in Jesus Christ.